Hi there. Welcome to the Calm Podcast, combining academia and life with Marilyn. My name is Marilyn Ritchie, and I have been a mentor and a scientist for 15 years, and I wanted to find a platform to reach more of the academic community than I interact with at my own university. My goal is to give you strategies and ideas for how to achieve harmony between work and life. Sit back, relax, and let's achieve harmony together. Hey there, everyone. This is Marilyn Ritchie. I'm happy to be back for another episode of the Calm Podcast. I am a week behind recording uh, where I wanted to be. I wanted to record this episode last weekend instead of this weekend, which is actually Memorial Day weekend here in 2021. But I had a cold, which you may still hear in my voice, a little bit of remnant of the cold. Um, I want to share a funny story that uh, that happened kind of in conjunction with this cold. Um, my daughter came home from school uh, last Thursday and wasn't feeling well, had a headache and a sore throat. And so she took a nap and she woke up with a fever. And, you know, my initial reaction was, you know, oh, no, it's COVID. And, you know, gave her Tylenol, had her rest the next morning, uh, still not feeling great. Lunchtime comes around. She has a slight fever. She eats her lunch and she can't taste or smell it. And I was like, oh, no, I got to call the doctor. So we go to the doctor. They did a COVID test, which was negative. And then they did a strep test that was negative. And I said to the doctor, like, I'm just so surprised. I was so sure it was COVID. And the doctor kind of smiled and laughed at me and said, you do remember that there are other viruses and bacteria out in the world. COVID didn't kill them all. It turns out if you're really congested, you also cannot taste or smell food. And I felt so silly. And so by the next morning, so like by last Saturday, she could taste again and smell. And it it really was one day because she was so congested with her cold. And then on Sunday, I had the pleasure of waking up with the cold that she had. So I've spent most of the last week trying to get over this cold thing. But it was a good reminder that, um, as it turns out, there are still other bugs out there. And uh, once you're back out in the world interacting with people, uh, you could actually get a cold. Um, so that's my public service announcement for today. If you have the sniffles, it could be allergies. It could be a cold. Um, COVID is not the only bug out there. So uh, so that it was a silly kind of reality check for me. Um, but otherwise, what I wanted to talk about this week is the all of the transition that's happening right now. We're really in this season of change. Um, graduations are happening. I'm seeing all over social media all of the the eighth grade graduation picks and the high school graduations and college graduations. It's, it's such a a fun and exciting time for so many families. I'm seeing a lot of people announcing their um, their new jobs because this is hiring season in academia. So a lot of people, you know, as they graduate. They're looking for jobs or people are finishing postdocs and looking for jobs. And so there's just a lot of people, you know, announcing all of their their new positions. Um, But kind of at the same time, I'm also seeing a lot of other people with a lot of angst about the the decisions that they're making. You know, some people are trying to decide between academia and industry. 
some people are just trying to decide, you know, between multiple different um, opportunities, either, you know, they have offers from multiple academic institutions or multiple different industry jobs. And there's just a lot of anxiety and stress around making that decision and what is the right path? You know, what should you do? And people, you know, looking for advice from others on the internet. So I thought that it would be a fun topic to talk about and just share my perspectives on um, on making these types of decisions. And really the the underlying message that I have is that there is not one right path. There isn't the right decision that makes the other one necessarily wrong. There's just, you know, the best choice for you right now. But a lot of times one decision does not then kind of preclude some of those other decisions from coming up again, you know, later in life. So what we're going to talk about today is kind of making those uh, those transition decisions in a way that does not feel so um, so daunting and and so scary. Okay, the first message that I want to talk about is this idea about reflection on our past. And I see and talk to a lot of people who um, who will say things like, I have always done things, you know, in this way, or I've never really been good at this type of thing, or, you know, based on my history, I really need to, to stick with this type of path. And my thought about this is that we should not be looking backwards because we're not going that way. We're not going back to our past. We need to be looking ahead, not backwards. You know, the past is there to to teach us and we can learn some lessons with a little bit of reflection of our past. You know, we don't want to make the same mistakes that we've made before, but where we've been and where we came from does not necessarily determine where we can go. I speak this truth from lived experience. I am a first-generation college student. My mother uh, had her high school GED, never went to college. My father went to college for a bit but did not finish college. I did not have parental role models to look at as, you know, what a career in, you know, college and post-college education looked like. Um, My parental units have dealt with a lot of addiction throughout my entire life. You know, when I was a kid, it was alcohol and pills and marijuana. And as I've transitioned to an adult, it's gotten into a lot of heavier drugs that um, that's going to be another episode in the future. I have to you know, unpack how I want to talk about that really broadly. But with that addiction came financial issues and a lot of relationship issues. And um, it it's something that I've gone to a lot of therapy about, by the way, which is why I can talk about it candidly now. What's important there, though, is that it could have taught me that that's what my life will be like. 
life is hard, it's unfair, everything, you know, is met with challenge and frustration, or it can teach that I need to choose differently. I need to focus on other activities like education to get ahead of this type of thing. Where my kind of, you know, upbringing was in terms of the kind of parental unit did not determine the path that I was able to go on. And so I I always try to reach out to, you know, especially undergrads or graduate students who I know have had similar kind of family histories because it's really important for them to know that that does not determine the path that they have to be on in the future. I am a great example of how, you know, my life is different because I consciously made the choice to to choose differently than what their past had shown me was the possibility. I think it's really important for people to to find other role models. So I looked to my grandparents. I looked to my friends' parents. I looked to my aunt and uncle. I looked to my teachers. You know, I, I found other examples of what a path could look like, and I chose to go down one of those paths instead. And so... If you are in a situation right now where life is really hard, you know, the people around you are really struggling, not providing, you know, the support system that you need or the role models that you need, it doesn't mean that you're stuck and that you, you know, have to go down the same path that they've gone down. You could choose differently. It's work. You've got to find those other role models. You have to surround yourself with people that can help build you up and support you. But it is possible. And so I think being mindful that the past and kind of the past of your family does not have to determine where you're headed, that you have a choice and that choice comes with a lot of hard work. I'm going to be honest, it's not easy. And it takes not just, you know, the time and the studying and that type of work, it takes a lot of mental and emotional work to kind of get beyond where that path looked like it was going to go because that's the path that everyone in your family went on. And luckily for you, it's your path. We each get our own life path to go on, and it's not predetermined by the people who are around us, by our family members or our friends. We each get our own unique path. And so don't look backwards because you're not going that way. Look forward and find the support system and the role models and the mentors that can help guide you in the direction of the path that you want for your life not the path that you think you should be on because of the family members that came before you. Another thing that I want to talk about is how we deal with advice that we're given from others. You know, as I just mentioned, I think a support system and role models and mentors is essential to figuring out these big life decisions. 
I think it's really important to ask for advice from lots of people and listen, like really listen to what they're saying. But ultimately, each of us has to make our own decision. And I think that is sometimes really hard because when you ask a number of different people for advice, you will find that you often get competing um, opinions. You know, one person will say, oh, you should go to that place. And someone else will say, oh, no, you should definitely go to this other place. And so that can feel really challenging. You know, who do you listen to and how do you decide? And what I have historically always done is listen really intently and then ultimately follow my gut. Um, You know, the intuition that we have inside of us is a really strong indicator for where we should go. Some people, you know, say it's the universe whispering to us and others, you know, call it, you know, our gut instinct or at least for the women, it's women's intuition. I think we all have that little voice in our head that that helps guide us. But that can sometimes be really hard to listen to when there are competing voices on the outside telling us different things. And I want to share a couple of my kind of big transition stories. Um, I shared these with some undergrads making graduate school decisions. Uh, So Penn this year had these sessions with our recruits for um, kind of how we got here, you know, share our story. And so I put these together because I spoke in that session with the, the, the students being um, on their interview weekend. And it did kind of really occur to me how um, repeatedly I got lots of great advice and in some ways didn't listen to some of the loudest voices in, in that pool of advice. So the first one was when I selected the lab that I ultimately did my PhD in. So I went to graduate school at Vanderbilt University in Nashville, Tennessee, and I was in a program called the Interdisciplinary Graduate Program. And the way that that worked, you came in and you did rotations in three different labs. And those labs could have been from any one of nine different departments and programs at the time. I think they have even more now, but back in the late 90s, it was nine programs. So you do these lab rotations and then you ultimately choose a lab. So the lab that I wanted to choose was a, uh, a brand new faculty member at Vanderbilt. His name was Dr. Jason Moore. He had just started at Vanderbilt as a new assistant professor. He came from a PhD program at the University of Michigan, and he didn't do a postdoc. He went straight from his PhD to an assistant professor position. And he did bioinformatics research, which at the time, this was back in 2000, this was very new research at Vanderbilt. Not a lot of people were doing this. And um, I loved it. I did the rotation, and I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. This is what I want to do my PhD on. And I remember meeting with the head of the graduate program, the dean of the graduate program, and he was very resistant to me joining this lab. And it, it was kind of twofold. One, this was a brand new faculty member who didn't even do a postdoc. And so there was no data about how 
this would go in terms of mentoring. And so, you know, did I at least want to have another faculty member co-mentor that had some experience? And then the other issue was that no students were doing computational dry lab PhDs. That was not a thing in 2000 at my institution. And so they were just, they were really unsure how to wrap their head around that. Like, I don't know what that looks like. What does a PhD thesis even look like if you don't have bench work? Like, I'm not sure this is a good idea. I talked to a ton of faculty, a ton of students, you know, friends, and it really was mixed. A lot of people were like, yeah, this seems really risky. I don't know if it's a great idea. But other people were like, I don't know, it sounds kind of innovative and really cool. And why not do something really different? Ultimately, I chose to join the lab and I did a computational PhD and it was fabulous and fantastic. And I have no regrets. It, it couldn't have been better. But if I had listened to you know, some of the most senior people that I talked to, I wouldn't have made that choice. And so I'm really glad my gut said, like, this is what I'm passionate about and this is what I want to do. So I did it and it worked out great. I mean, obviously, you know, I ended up on an academic path that has been really wonderful. And um, so did my PhD advisor. You know, he's done great things and has mentored a ton of students over the years and, you know, has had an extremely successful career. So, you know, in some ways, it, it was just an honor for me to have been the first PhD student for him. And, uh, and you know, no regrets. It's gone really well. So if you are in that phase of, you know, you're trying to choose a lab and you're hearing mixed messages, if you have strong feelings about one of the labs, go with it. Um, same thing happened when I took my first faculty position. I was finishing my PhD. I was interviewing for postdocs in academia faculty positions in academia and staff positions at pharma. And I had opportunities for all three. So many people said do a postdoc. They were like, you know, a postdoc is the best time in your life. You have the the knowledge to really be creative and guide your own research, but you don't have the pressure of being a faculty member. And almost everyone I talked to said you should absolutely do a postdoc. A few people had the opinion that it wasn't necessary, especially in the field that I'm in as a statistical geneticist at the time. This was now 2003. There were so many faculty jobs and not enough people. And so it was not required to do a postdoc. And I debated for months what I should do. But ultimately, it felt to me like, why would I wait two more years to start a faculty position when I feel ready I know what I want my lab to work on, and I can just hit the ground running and go do it. And and so that's what I did. And I I skipped or forwent the postdoc and went straight into an assistant professor position, which is what my PhD advisor had done. And so it I saw an example of how it can work and be successful. And so that's what I did, and I have no regrets. And it again, it was one of those times that like the majority of people gave me different advice. And and I'm actually not somebody who's generally um, going against the grain. And in terms of like, I, I don't try to be contrary to others. I actually, you know, really like to please people and, and often listen to suggestions and advice. But in both of those instincts, even though some really smart and, and people that I, I really admire and look up to, 
had different advice than what I ultimately did, it my it was like my internal compass just was really pushing me in a direction that was different from what they were suggesting. And it was hard to make those decisions knowing that some people didn't agree with it. But ultimately, I kept coming back to, you know, part of their advice is based on the decisions that they made in their life. And they want to feel like they did the right thing. And they do feel like they did the right thing. So of course, if it felt right for them, they share the advice with the lens of, well, I did this and it worked out for me, therefore it will work out for you. And this goes back to what I said earlier about we are all on our own path. The path for that person that is giving you the advice worked for them but that's their life path, not yours. And so even if it seems like, you know, it is a a different direction from what they did, it it doesn't bear any negativity on what they've done. You know, it worked for them, but you're you and you get to do it your way. And so if you are in one of those decision making scenarios right now, and, and you're feeling like, this internal pull to go in a direction that's different from some of the people that, you know, that you look up to, that, that could be okay. And maybe that is the direction that you're supposed to go in. Um, The last thing that I'll mention is that, you know, I've changed jobs a few times over the past, um, gosh, I guess the past 10 years, I, um, I was in a faculty position in an academic medical center and we wanted to get our children closer to their grandparents. And so I took a job at Penn State. Um, so I was at Vanderbilt University um, until 2011. And then we moved to Penn State. Uh, we wanted to get back to Pennsylvania. And there was an opportunity there, and I took it. And it was great. But it was in a college of science and didn't have a medical school. And it didn't have a health system. For the work that I do, um, I collaborate a lot with clinicians. I do research on um, electronic health records from health system patients. And so that was lacking. And so I, you know, started a collaboration uh, with Geisinger Health System, and I spent a short amount of time there. You know, Geisinger had the health system, but not the university, not the College of Science. And ultimately, I ended up at Penn. It you know, did it, was it optimal to, you know, to move three times and to to have all this change? I don't know. But it's the path that brought me to where I am, which is back in an academic medical center, which for me, and my research program, and the types of students that I want to mentor, it is, it, it is the just right, you know, I describe it sometimes as a Goldilocks story that, you know, I had too big, too small, just right kind of thing. It was, you know, science without medicine, medicine without science, I needed both in my same institution. And um, I definitely had colleagues along the way that, oh, you shouldn't make that move. Oh, I wouldn't do that. Oh, I think this one's a bad idea. Um, I think you should stay put. I think you should do this. I think you should do that. And, And so it was hard, you know, I, and it's interesting, you know, in hindsight, after some of the moves, some people who, you know, didn't like one of them then liked the next one or, you know, some have said to me recently, like, ah, oh, this makes sense. Um, and, and so, it, you know, it's interesting. And, and I have to remind myself that they share these perspectives from their life lens and their view 
based on the decisions that they've made. So I'm sharing all of this just as a, as a reminder to myself as I teach others and, and give advice to others, but also to you that, you know, when we are making decisions, we have to do it with our lenses on. You know, it doesn't do us any good to compare our path with others in the, you know, yes, you can look to what others did and maybe it helps you put together the decision for yourself, but you can't make your decision based off of the comparison with others. You're not, you're not them. You're not on their path. You're on yours. And what is right for someone else may or may not be right for you. And the only person that can know that is, is yourself. And so as you ask for advice, you know, listen, listen closely, but ultimately it's your path and you've got to make your decision. My last thought on this topic is one that I just said to a colleague earlier this week. She is trying to make a decision on one of these life path type things. And I reminded her, which is something I have to remind myself often when I come to one of these big crossroad decision-making points. And that is this fact. If you make a wrong choice or a wrong decision, you go down a certain path, that does not mean the rest of your life path is ruined. If you make the next choice and you don't love it after six months, a year, two, three years, five years, whatever it is, then you make a different one. The reality is, at least to me, there, there are very few bad decisions. You know, most of our decisions are the one that we needed at that time. Even if you don't like the outcome, you know, you make the choice, you get there after a couple years, you're like, ugh, this isn't, this isn't what I want. You're learning. And that is information that you didn't have and you wouldn't have had unless you went down that path. It's the opportunity for growth. I mean, I was at an academic medical center. And I did not understand or appreciate the importance of that type of institution until I had left. I went to an institution that was not an academic medical center. And then I was like, wait, I need the medical center piece. And then I was like, okay, I need a medical center. So I went to a medical center and then I was like, nope, I don't have the academic piece. So it took trying the other types of institutions for me to realize the type of institution that I needed to be at. Do I think that I made bad decisions? No, I think I learned a ton along the way. I met a lot of amazing colleagues. I made good friends. I have no regrets. It, it took me to where I am now and with the knowledge base that I have now about what's right for me. So now I know, you know, it's unlikely that I will ever make another move to a place that is not an academic medical center. It's just very unlikely. Um, Just to be clear, I have no plans on another move. I love where I am right now. But I also know just from my past experience that I've learned the lesson that for me and my research, an academic medical center is the right home for me. I 
listen to a podcast interview, and I may have mentioned this before as well, but um, it's on Brene Brown's Dare to Lead podcast. She interviewed Angela Duckworth, who's the author of Grit, and also is a, a faculty member at the University of Pennsylvania. They talked about this on um, on the Dare to Lead podcast, this idea that uh, often the kind of the exploration of different things is how we learn and grow. And so for each of them, they shared their kind of path, life path stories on this episode as they were talking. Both of them did not even go to grad school until they were like close to 30. They were like 29 or 31, 32, something like that. So they graduated from undergrad and then did lots of different things. They tried lots of different things. And the trying is what gave them the knowledge to help them get to a path for the longer term of where they were headed. They were not one of those people who like, you know, like me, I did undergrad, then I went straight to grad school, then I went straight to a faculty position. It was like a very straight line, not a lot of deviation. I feel like after that is when I've tried some different things and gained some experiences to help me figure it out. But if you're not on one of the path like me, that's just straight through, you're kind of, you know, working for a while before going back to grad school or trying a different field and then looping back to a different field. That's what they talked a lot about and how that is part of the process. It's how we learn. It's how we grow. Those decisions aren't bad. They're giving us information. And so as you're making these decisions, don't allow ourselves to feel so allow it to feel so daunting that like if we make the wrong decision everything's ruined nothing's ruined it's just we'll make a change another decision later based on that and if you talk to a lot of people you'll learn that there are lots of different paths that get people kind of through life and that you know some of them are windy and back and forth and up and down. And and some of them are more straight and narrow and both types are totally acceptable and okay. So if you're at that decision-making point, you're at the cusp of like, I have to make a choice. And of course it feels feels like the biggest thing because it is the biggest thing right now. It's not as though once you make that choice, it like, negates the possibility of the other thing that you're thinking about forever. It's you're making the choice for the next right thing. And then later, you could always try the other thing again, or, or you may want to try a different thing. And so listening to your gut and making that decision based on based on who you are and where you are right now is the most important thing. And if it turns out that it's, you know, a year or two later, you're like, I don't think that was the right choice. The beauty of life is that you get to choose again. You get to make a change because it's your path and it's, it's your choice to make. I am going to wrap up this episode for this week. I want to thank you for joining me. I also want to thank all of you who have been listening and sharing this with friends. I have noticed that the number of 
listens for this podcast has gone up the last month, and I owe that to all of you. I'm not doing anything different. It's it's all of you who are sharing it with a friend. I really appreciate that. If you have time to rate or review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, that also helps to um, get the podcast noticed by other people who are just searching for information. So if you have a moment and you could do that, I would really appreciate it. And if nothing else, please, if you like this episode, again, share it with a friend. I am really enjoying doing this, and it, it feels like I have time to, to chat with lots of you each week. And so with that, I'm going to wrap up. Uh, enjoy the start to summer here in the United States. It, it looks like uh, things are opening up, and it's going to look very different from the summer of 2020, which is really exciting. I hope you all are doing well. Take care. And I'll talk to you next time. You've just listened to another episode of the Calm Podcast. I hope that some of the strategies that I talked about are helpful to you in your journey through academia and life. As they say, it's not all about the destination. It's about the journey. Let's make it a great one. Until next time.